I'm Kurt, I'm a parent, and this is the Parent Skills Podcast. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Parent Skills Podcast. This week we are doing something new. We are actually starting part one of a two part interview that I did with a podcast called the Doable Discipleship Podcast. They asked me to come and interview and talk a little bit about how do we as parents help our children grow in their relationship with Jesus? What's our role in discipling our kids? The Doable Discipleship Podcast is a podcast um, sponsored and, and hosted by two of our Saddleback pastors. If you've never listened to it, you can find it on iTunes. This is part one of a two-part interview with them. I hope you enjoy it. Today we're talking about, uh, obviously, you know, it's dual discipleship. We're talking about kind of the the intersection point between our life as parents and our life as disciples. And I know that personally, my my walk with Jesus changed dramatically when I became a parent. Like right. there was a major transformation that happened there. Can you talk about? Can you talk a little bit about how? Becoming a parent and then life as a parent transformed you. Sure, um, you know, as a as a Christian and then especially as a, as a youth pastor and a pastor, we I always recognize that a major responsibility, privilege, role as a Christ follower is to reproduce that in in people. Right, the the, yeah. the Paul Timothy model yeah. of reproducing and helping the next generation be followers of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of a given, at least we, we now how well we're doing it and all that is different, but we all kind of recognize that's something we're supposed to be doing. Mm. And when I became a dad, oh man, all of a sudden that responsibility felt infinitely heavier <laughs> yeah. because there now all of a sudden there's nobody else in my life who's younger, less mature in their faith, et cetera, that's more important to me yeah. and arguably nobody who I have a bigger responsibility to. Than, and have a greater influence or on. Or have a greater influence on yeah. than my kids. Yeah. And so for me, it was just that wake-up call. And then I quickly learned, and you guys are on the five months, not quite there yet. <laughs> five and two, you're getting there. Amelia, especially, our five-year-old, we're really starting yep. to get into it now. And you're starting to realize, oh, it's so much easier to replicate and model Christianity and change the next generation when they're not living under your roof 24 yeah. seven, when they don't know the real you, <laughs> yeah. right? When they don't see the good, the bad and the ugly. It, it, I was a, I was a great youth pastor. Yeah. I mean, I could disciple everybody else's kids, mm-hmm. but then doing it for your own flesh and blood mm-hmm. takes on a whole, it's a whole new ball game. Yeah. And it brings out all kinds of insecurities. And I mm-hmm. think that's oftentimes where parents struggle Yeah, is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm not very good at this myself. How can, yeah. I, how can I replicate it in my kids? Or they're they're afraid of their kids seeing them as a little bit hypocritical or whatever because they're maybe they're not living out aspects of what they're trying mm. to replicate in their kids. Yeah, and so that kind of paralyzes some parents from even maybe taking baby steps. Mm-hmm. At least, and, and that was my case a little bit. Like I I really struggled with figuring it out. Yeah. But but it's a long journey. I feel like. Uh, Having kids, especially now with Amelia, she's getting older because now she's becoming more aware. She's asking bigger questions. Right. She's making more astute observations yeah. about us. And <laughs> and parenting really, at least where I am on the journey, has shined a light on a lot of character traits in me that, you know, for better or worse, it's revealing a lot of what's 
kind of inside me. Sure. Is there, were there some character traits that, that God used the parenting journey to develop in you over time? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, obviously the, the answer to that has to be yes, has to be. Um, and I, I, I think there's probably some universal ones like patience. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's every single parent, if we're open to it, God's going to use parenting yeah. to help us develop mm-hmm. and mature in our patience. Yeah, how could it not? Um, how can it not? <laughs> um, for me, here, here's the big one. And, and this took me a long time. It was the selfishness. Mm. Like parenting for me revealed how self-centered I am. Dude, yes. Not, not in a sinful, grotesque, the world revolves around Kurt way, but a little bit in a, the world revolves around Kurt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, my wife, we're kind of into the Enneagram, the, the, the oh, personality yeah. test. My wife is a nine, so she's a supporter, a peacekeeper, That's Jason. a put others first person. So it was pretty easy for me to kind of let the world spin around my schedule and my mm-hmm. interests. And she would just happily, for the most part, be a part of that and go yeah. with it. And then when you have kids, that forces some new priorities and some sacrifices and putting other people in front of myself. And that it it revealed that wasn't as easy for me as I would have liked. Oh yeah. Um, And so being a dad really forced me to think about others um, in ways that I just frankly kind of hadn't had to up until that point. You just captured what I think is like one of the biggest things God is doing on me right now. Yeah. That process. I think too, we've talked like when we did our, we did a relationship principles series um, several weeks back, we went through pastor Tom's book and talked about some of the great stuff he teaches there. Um, one thing we talked about in that series, and I think we all just have built into our picture of relationships is we always have a hidden agenda in relationships in the sense that we always, we, as believers, we want to do, we want to show kindness to others. We want to, we want to meet their needs. We want to care for them. But in the back of our mind as humans, we typically have a hidden expectation that when push comes to shove, they're going to meet my needs too. There's and something they're in it for me. me. Yeah. And honestly, from the very first, and Jason, you can probably identify with this too, even just having been being you know, five months old, from the very beginning, you're plunged into a relationship with another person that by definition can't meet your needs, right. can't reciprocate that love back to you. you know. And I, 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 but what I've found personally is that it it's like it's taken me into a new uh, area of growth where now I'm having it's like God is calling me to love a little bit more like the way he loves you know like where we're we're actually we're actually learning to love a little bit more like Jesus sure. where he loved us while we were still sinners he loved us even when we were powerless to to give that love back to him or or we were too rebellious to do that and now I'm I'm starting to kind of get a better appreciation mm. for God's love for us this unconditional love it's a love that says I love you even if you don't reciprocate. Right. And dude, that's from day one, that's been like the thing that I feel like God has begun like pulverizing my heart on the sure. selfishness sure. issue. Mm, sure. Man, it really, like I said, it shined a light on yeah. a part of me that I, that could have been hidden forever, you know, that, that may right. never have come to the surface right. through any other means, yeah. but God's decided to use that's that. That's good. Um, let's talk a little bit about, um, as we talk about discipleship, and you know, you, you hinted to this idea a minute ago that, um, we're called to now not just be disciples of Jesus, but as parents, we're disciplers. Um, we're actually teachers. So we actually take on a dual role where we're continuing to follow Jesus. And like 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, which would probably be our verse of the day, 
is a verse where Paul says, follow my example as I follow Christ. Right. And how do you see that playing out as parents? And what are the, what do you think the, the basic tools are that a parent needs to succeed at that calling? Oh, gosh. Well, I, I think the verse obviously phrases it in a perfect way. Yeah. Follow my example as I follow Christ. So you, you said the word, you know, we're teachers. And I think for me, how I would encourage parents is, yeah, we're teachers, but the best teachers aren't the ones who just give good lectures and good lessons verbally. Yeah. It's the example, mm-hmm. right? It's yeah. the it's the learning through experience. Oh, does it have to be that hard? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, but here's what I'd say. I, I don't think it's as hard as we think. Mm. And what I mean by that is I would take, again, I go back to taking a little bit of pressure off of ourselves mm. because we hear, man, we got it. We have to disciple our kids and we have to teach them the ways of the Lord. True. Sounds intense. True. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean these intense, well thought out, well articulated family conversations that we have every single night for 30 minutes as mm-hmm. part of it might include some of that, but yeah. so much of it is follow me as I follow Jesus. Mm. Like I'm just going to model what this looks like. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to catch me reading my Bible. Mm. You know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to notice that mom and dad decide to skip out on some things, some invitations or opportunities because they fall on a Sunday and mom and dad just don't want to skip church on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. You're going to see that mom and dad have a have a their their own small group or their own tight circle of Christian friends who support each other and pray for each other and they're there when they need each other, and so much of just following Jesus is you know we've all heard the saying it's caught not taught yeah mm-hmm. um, and I'm sensitive to it because in the church that I came to Christ in I saw so many parents who seemed to be saying all the right things teaching all the right things, Mm. but they just kind of weren't living it out in a real tangible way that their kids could go, Oh, that's what it means to be a genuine follower of Jesus. So they said Mm. the right words. I'm sure they all prayed at bedtime, but then how they responded to the real world around them, Mm. how they modeled priorities to their kids didn't jive with the stuff they were Mm -hmm. talking about. And if a picture paint, if a picture paints a thousand words, if a picture is worth a thousand words and our actions matter more than our words, all that stuff that we know to be true, I would say to parents, your best, your best, not your only, but your best arrow in your parenting quiver of discipling your kids is just living a genuine life of faith in front of your kids. Yeah. Um, because they, when they're young, they're all in that, whatever you're doing. I mean, they're, they're with you guys 24 seven for the most part. Mm -hmm. So they're seeing it all, absorbing it all as they get older. They're not around you as much. Mm. Right. But now everything they've seen modeled over the years, that's the stuff that then affects their game time decisions and all that kind of stuff. I think there's, there's such a big part of, of parenting that is, that is in the moment living and it's the subconscious stuff. It's the stuff that you don't even, you know, it's the unpremeditatedness. So it's different than say you were talking about being a youth pastor and being a parent and, and, and those differences. And you don't have the time as a parent to sit 
and prep a message and prep something you want to talk about and have it, you know, and then, and then get to have a set time where like, this is teaching time. This is, you know, and everybody's expecting to be taught at a different, right. in, in this time at home, it's just these in the moments, it's something has happened or it's just how you live your life with your wife and with your kids and with your neighbors and with your family. And it's, it's, that's the, it's, it's, it's truly how you live your right. life. Well, and I'm of the opinion that everything teaches something, mm -hmm. right? So yes, we can oh. have, we can create these strategic family devotions. Awesome. Wonderful. There's websites full of them, right? Mm -hmm. But everything we do as a parent is, is teaching something to our kids. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, when, when we're kind to a stranger, that's teaching a fruit of the spirit to our kids. Yeah. When our kids see us disagree with our spouse and then apologize, hmm. right? Or, 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 you know, say something we regret and apologize and our, our children hear us, that's modeling yeah. humility. Hmm. And when they, when the spouse actually does forgive, that's <laughs> modeling <laughs> forgiveness and grace, right? And yeah. what's that teaching the kid? That's teaching, oh, they'll forgive me when I mess up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't have to be afraid of messing up in this house. Yeah. Um, every, everything that happens mm -hmm. is, is teaching our kids something that mm -hmm. hopefully is a, a Christian way of, of viewing the world and treating each other and responding to circumstances. Yeah. And that's the stuff that they'll remember well past a specific. Now they might remember, man, my dad did devotions every Tuesday night and it's a good memory. They probably won't remember too many of the devotions, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, my, the pastor at the church, the senior pastor at the church that I went to as a teenager, where I came to Christ, he used to talk this story. He was kind of a punky rebellious teenager. And he always told the story of every Friday night, he would go out goofing around. And every Friday night when he came home, his mom's light was on. His dad was asleep. <laughs> and his mom's light was on in the bedroom and he would look in there and she was always on her knees praying for him because mm -hmm. she knew he was out goofing around. Mm. And he said, you know, he's at the time he's in his fifties. And he said, that is a memory that was etched in my mind of just faithful mm. prayer, mm. unconditional love for your kids, yeah. trusting in God's sovereignty. That's all going to work out. And that her modeling that and him seeing that in action was a bigger life lesson and faith lesson than any family devotion they could have ever had. Yeah. yeah. It's probably a lesson that he couldn't appreciate at the time. Right. But there was an underlying, there was an, something was being conveyed in an underlying way that clearly had a, a deep impact. I th and that's kind of what I'm hearing, hearing come out of this conversation too, is that there's sometimes we have like an explicit teaching where we're like, like, if I talk to Amelia, like, babe, this is not how we do things. We right. need to, this is how we behave in this family, that kind of stuff. But then there's this kind of teaching that is sort of implicit in everything that we do. And um, I think the question has got to be, what, what, like, what big picture life lesson am I teaching to my kids through those, these little right. interactions? Because I, I agree with what you said, Jason. It feels like, you know, it feels like, you know, at the end of the day, you get the kids in bed and that kind of stuff, at least at our stage when the kids are little, you get them in bed, you kind of breathe a sigh of relief that everyone's asleep and you're like, okay, <laughs> we can rest now, like another day, you know, we, we got, we, we, yep. we got through another bedtime, yep. our kids share a room. So bedtime is always like a little bit of a crazy thing with a five-year-old and a two-year-old. But, um, you know, reflecting on the day and just thinking about like, you know, what did, what did we teach today? What, what were the, what were interactions like today and how could we improve these for tomorrow? Um, 
But I, I love this absorption idea because it kind of, it, like you said, it takes a little bit of pressure off because I, I, I like realizing that I don't have to be taking a knee with my kids every couple hours and, and right. teaching them another life mm-hmm. lesson. Right. Really, I just need to be trying to do my best to follow yeah. Jesus. And if I do that, and if, if I have some success at that by applying myself and depending on God and that sort of thing, then my kids will sort of come into the wake of that process. Totally. Mm-hmm. I, see, I see this with my wife. My wife, she stays home with the kids at this, at this season, and she does her quiet time in the morning because if she tries to do it in the evening, like she's toast, you know, like she's been with the kids all day and there's just no, that's not going to be her best time for God. So she'll usually do her quiet time after she drops Emmy off at school and she comes home and she's with Jude and Jude sees her doing her quiet time. And the funny thing about that is I'll come home and I'll see Jude with her Bible and he'll just be flipping through her Bible and he'll be like, daddy, I'm doing my quiet time. And he doesn't know what the heck he that even no idea. is. Right. But because Purely because he sees her doing it, mm-hmm. that's beginning to build a habit in him and a way of thinking about God right. is important and God's word is important, and right. we make sure that's a part of our daily life. Right. And if you combine that, because it's not either or, I think so yeah. many th- so many things in life are both and. Yeah, you got to say it's it a sometimes. parallel tracks that Pastor Rick and Kay talk about all yeah. the time. You know that life is these parallel totally. tracks, mm-hmm. and it is parallel tracks of intentionality, because nothing. Hardly anything good happens completely by accident. Yeah. So we I heard ha- a really good podcast on that recently. <laughs> we have we have to be intentional in yeah. certain areas of our parenting. Right. And that intentionality certainly can and should include aspects of discipling our kids and having structured family devotions or or Bible time or serving together or whatever, going to church together. And this absorption approach yeah this they're gonna they're gonna just see it all around them mm-hmm. and it'll be such a part of our family's dna that they won't be able to escape it when they're older yeah. it, they'll just assume this is the right way to follow jesus i mean mm-hmm. we just yeah. go to church we, mm-hmm. we're, we're just generous with our fi- our finances and our time and our talent we just mm-hmm. we just love people yeah. Of course we're in community. Of course we're in a small group of close friends. That's just what, I don't know why. I mean, we just did it my whole life. I saw my parents. <laughs> it's just the way right? it is. It's just yeah. the way it is. Yeah. And that's good. Totally. Right? And you, some of the intentionality behind it is the conversations about, you know, you don't want forever to not know why you do it. Yeah. You don't want to forever, especially when they go off to college. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And now all of a sudden there's a whole new wide world opened up to them. You want them to have some anchors, some of the whys and some of the foundation that comes through a little bit more intentionality. Yeah. But the the parallel tracks of that, I think, are a I mean, they're they're a one-two punch that is pretty tough for the enemy or the world to combat. Well, thanks again for joining us. As always, if you've never checked out our SaddlebackParents.com website, you are more than welcome to do that. On that website, we've got all kinds of training videos, two-minute tips, blog articles, more Parent Skills podcasts. We've got book reviews and so much more. So if you haven't checked out SaddlebackParents.com, I hope you'll do so. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of the Parent Skills podcast. Join us again next time for part two of my interview with the Doable Discipleship Crew.